This is the Copper Creek Contractors. You're in Line 9 Nation, WCIA 3-in-1 Podcast. Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 Podcast. We're talking, I have to remind myself, Brett, basketball, even though Brad Underwood going with the, the hockey line change uh, <laughs> at, at a moment today, Illinois doesn't have a hockey team uh, yet. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, Brian Underwood's thinking there, the message that he was sending. I'm Andy Olson, joined by Brett Barons. Illinois 95-85, winners over Iowa, the first matchup between these two this season. It is a game that Iowa needed bad, Brett. A lot of people have them on the bubble as far as NCAA tournament hopes go. One that Illinois needed bad as well, considering the uh, loss that they suffered against Penn State earlier this week in Happy Valley. Uh, Brett, your thoughts as uh, this one went back and forth, 14 lead changes between Illinois and the Hawkeyes, uh, but the Illini really uh, solidified it down the stretch, it seemed like, ever since uh, that that message that Brad sent at the beginning of the second. Yeah, and that's what I led my story with on WCIA.com was just about that line change because Brad had hinted yesterday coming into this game that, and even really back to Wednesday, that uh, after the loss at Penn State and Happy Valley, that maybe playing time was at stake. And I think it's easy for coaches to say that. To do that, though, when it's a close game against an Iowa team that uh, really is hungry for a win and it'd be a quad two loss on your home court. Uh, when And they were down when Brad made this line change, 18-09, 18-08 in the second half. And he just had all his guys come out. Terrence Shannon Jr., Marcus Damas, Quincy Garrier, Ty Rogers, and Coleman Hawkins all out. Justin Harmon, Luke Goody, Nicolo Moretti, and Amani Hansberry and Dane Danger all in. And they held their own. I don't and think that's that, why, also, I don't think that's a lineup that we've seen all season, those five. No, I don't think so by any means. And we'll discuss certainly Nico's impact and Justin coming back and Coleman with a huge game and a career high night going for 30. All those responses are good, but just the fact that Brad did this down two in the second half, uh, to me, says a lot about his bench and and his unhappiness with his group that he's willing to do this. Because the one thing is, it's one thing to talk about it, right? It's another thing yeah. to actually do it. And for him to pull the trigger in the second half, uh, I thought that was pretty um, noteworthy. And the fact that they stayed in for nearly four minutes. That was also uh, noteworthy to me that, you know, he stuck with this. It wasn't like a quick 30-second thing and then it was done. No, like these guys were on the bench for an extended period of time, and they didn't come back into the game until 14-12. So, like, you know, you're talking a, a pretty significant mark there where they weren't in the game, and, and yet they were able to hold their own. And Illinois uh, able to close the deal, but like this one was really not in the books, let's say. And I say that with caution because Wednesday night was in the books. You're supposed to be yeah. in the books up 10 with 230 left. But uh, the feeling that Illinois was going to come away with this thing, um, you know, they're up 10 with 131 to go. And, and at that point, you felt pretty good about it, but able to close the deal and and getting back to that bench. You know, I think it's been pretty thin all season. We've seen some games, Andy, it's sixth in the rotation. It's seven in the rotation. And really not much more than that from guys that make an impact. And 
tonight a 34 to 12 bench advantage that's the reason that Illinois won this game and and I think that can go a long way for them going forward yeah the reason why that group stuck in there so long is because they were holding their own I don't think anyone would have anticipated that but Nicolo Moretti makes a couple of big threes it's his first points as uh, you pointed out in the highlights in more than a month and he got his first podium game I think it's his first podium game uh, being able to, to step up and talk to the media afterwards. Uh, Amani Hansberry comes in and has his first really significant piece of playing time I, in his entire Illinois career. I know he's been dealing with the back issue for a lot of the year, and Brad Underwood kind of cited that post game as that being the reason why he's not playing more than uh, he has been. He also had a lot of praise for Amani post game, calling him the best trash talker since Io to come through the program, saying, that he wishes he could play him 20 minutes a night and stuff like that. Uh, don't know how much of that I believe, Brett, but uh, being able to see him make a difference, Moretti make a difference. Uh, Justin Harmon was perfect from the floor and from the free throw line, three of three on his shot, six of six from the charity stripe. Uh, so these bench guys really stepped up in a big way. Uh, and when the defense is still playing as bad as it has been, again, Another game where they give up 80 to the opponent. Uh, it just so happens Illinois scores 95 in this one, and that ends up being enough to get the win. Uh, what did you make of the way that they played defense? The second half was certainly a lot better, Brett. Uh, Iowa shooting just 35% from the field in the second half. First half was a struggle. It was 44-43 at half. Uh, defense was not really uh, being played, it felt like, in that first half. But second half for sure was better. What did you get the sense of on the floor? Yeah, both teams really trading buckets there to open the game. And I got the sense pretty early, like I think many of us had thought, both teams' offense is very good. And uh, going back and forth, Iowa ends up shooting 62% in the first half. And what a difference in the second half. And I think that's where the game was won. 35%, like you mentioned, in that second half for the Hawkeyes. And they finished the game at 47%. And, you know, on your home court, maybe that's good enough to win. But, like you also said, that another game where an opponent scores 80, like, are we at the point, Andy, where this team is just going to have to score 90 to win? Ken Palm has them now as the fourth most efficient offense in the country. Uh, that is significant in a sense defense at 59 now after this Iowa game nationally for Illinois. So like not great, but you know, certainly not terrible when you compare that, you know, to an Iowa team, they're 11th in the country in offensive efficiency and 161 in defense. And that's yeah. probably the difference there from why Iowa at 16 and 12 is on the outside looking into the bubble. And, you know, Illinois, one of the top teams, um, on that four seed line, probably like that's where that four or five seed line where they're at. Uh, they got some work to do to move up into uh, maybe a, a higher four or, or a tail end three. But um, this is a game that Illinois needed to win. And with four games left in the regular season now, uh, they have some opportunities here and they got to continue to build on that defense. The fouls again made it a little bit unflowy in the second half. That's not a word unflowy, but we're going to make it a word. Um, and so I we feel like gist. we know what it means. Yeah. You know, but like the end of Penn state super foul heavy, right? Like there was just so many free throws. I think both teams were in the double bonus here with like 10 minutes to go. Yeah. And that's tough, but Illinois makes 23 of 
30 free throws and and Iowa makes 21 to 25 and that's what good offensive teams do right like you step up to the line and and you make free throws and so um you know in the game both teams kind of hacking a lot right but that's just the nature of of what this game was and the refs I thought really had a tight whistle in the second half but did you feel a difference at least watching between that first and second half with like the whistles and and how you felt it was called. Yeah, and I think the stats back that up when you look at uh the way that Iowa was not able to score as efficiently as they did in that first half and then you bring up the fact like you said both teams were in double bonus so early. It's like the I don't think that either team changed the way that they were playing. Uh it seems like the definitely there was I don't want to say that they were calling the game differently. But it feels like calls certainly went different ways in the second half. Uh, Coleman Hawkins had a great second half. 17 of his career-high 30 points coming in uh, the second. Uh, Are you surprised, Brett, to to see this kind of response from Coleman after uh, what was a pretty bad game against Penn State earlier in the week? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it that it was a bad game. I mean, he he single-handedly very much hurt them down the stretch and giving them a chance to win at Penn state. And we had talked about that after the game on Wednesday. I mean, the missed free throws, they got away with a travel call, the foul and the three point shooter, like those things really, really put Illinois in a tough spot and they ended up taking the L and Coleman asked after the game said that he got off some social media apps, just focused on him, had a quote unquote tough conversation with Brad Underwood to just really try and focus in on, who he was and what he was trying to do. And to add some more context to that, remember he posted a video on the plane a week ago today after beating Maryland and a little trolling there from Coleman and got some backlash for that, you know, and Hey, look, those things are fun when you're winning, but when you're not winning and when you have tough moments, you're going to take some heat, right? You're, you're just inviting that upon yourself. And maybe he likes that. Maybe that's who he is. I don't know. I can't really speak for him for that. But, like, you've got to know that you're going to have to own it if that's the case. You know, if you're outward on social media, if you're that type of guy, if you're going to talk and do those things, well, listen, that's all fine when things are going good. But when they're not, you got to own that stuff. And he said as much today that it's been a tough couple of days trying to process that and, and own that, that he knows he helped hurt his, you know, that he hurt his team, right? Like he had a big part in his team losing the game. And so a bounce back night for him. I I thought that was uh, great to see that from a storyline angle, right? Like whether you like Coleman or not, the fact that he had this really difficult moment just a couple of days ago on the road, and yet he's able to bounce back and post a career high and go nine for 11 from the field and hit three threes and nine for 11 from the free throw line as well. And then he also dished five assists, right? Had five turnovers, but like overall, I thought this was a really, really positive game for Coleman. And, and the bounce back that, you know, if you're rooting for a story, you you would hope that you would be able to see because on a night where Terrence Shannon Jr. only scores 12 and Marcus Damask only scores eight, and they combine to go six of 19 from the field, you've got a guy like Coleman that can go and, and do that. And I think that's really positive for this team. Yeah, you know, where Illinois is in the Big Ten standings now, they lock up another 11-win conference season. Five straight years that they've done that. Uh, five straight seasons that they've had 20 wins total 
Uh, first time that they have done that since in the early 2000s uh, between a couple of uh, a couple of former Illini coaches, uh, Weber, and uh, then before himself. Uh, but it's the first time that an Illinois coach has uh, gotten 20 wins in a season, five seasons in a row, uh, since Lou Henson. Brad Underwood, only the second coach ever in Illinois basketball history to do that. The win tonight, also the 1,000th conference win in Illinois basketball's all-time history. Uh, Still a lot to play for. I mean, Illinois no longer, after that loss to Penn State, has the Big Ten championship uh, hopes in their own hands. They need some help, and they need Purdue to win or to lose one more game. Uh, But from the top down, Brett, I mean, you've covered this team when it was bad. Now, now you have seen it when it's probably been at its best, uh, at least consistently since boy. Probably those '80s, the last time that are uh, the last time that Henson did it, twenty straight wins in five straight years. Uh, you know, you've seen it all, Brett. It feels like Brown Underwood has this has this program in a good place. If we can look at this maybe top down for a second. Yeah, they're trending in the right direction, and it is a big deal because. Through COVID, through uh, some the worst lost season in program history, you know, when they uh, lost, what, 20-plus games in that 17-18 season, uh, or 18-19 season, excuse me, and to be able to get back and plant their stake is like, hey, look, we are the winningest Big Ten team the last five years. They've had this consistent number of 20, and it's not what it used to be, right? Like 20 wins 10 years ago was like this guarantee of getting to the NCAA tournament and that's all different now but that 20 number certainly sounds nice Mm -hmm. and I get the frustration from fans on the top down of we want to make that second weekend and absolutely like that should be the goal and if they don't make the second weekend this season I feel like that is going to be a disappointment but at the same point they've raised the bar for what should be expected right they've gotten the recruits they've been able to go out and and do the things and win championships and Certainly, you could have argued that that, you know, 21 season it was where Michigan won and some controversy, right, that they could they should have won another one in there. But you've won a tournament title. You've won a regular season title. Uh, you've done the things that Brad has set out to do other than success in the postseason and in the NCAA tournament. And so that's really that next step. We'll see if they can put that together. But like, that's where this program is at. And I think that's something uh in the big picture that sometimes gets lost because it's just on to the next, right. And it's, it's all about uh, that sweet 16 for Illinois, but you know, it it is something that should be talked about, right. Because though that 2010 decade overall was not very good. No. Right. And yeah. I, I remember it's been just six, seven years ago where fans were just clamoring to be in the NCAA tournament every year. And so we lose, we do lose sight of that sometimes. Uh, and I feel like that should be something that is not overlooked. But at the same point, we all know that they want more, right? And so that's kind of that next uh, next step that there's always something more, right? It's kind of like golf. I mean, even if you go shoot 72, there's probably scores where or holes where you're like, man, I could have made that putt or done this and whatever else. And and uh, we we tend to get a little short sighted. So. Um, that's uh, an important piece, but to still remain hungry, I think, is is how Brad phrased, phrased it today, that they've they've got more they want to do. Yeah, I think from the outside, having the perspective is important. And I think that the 
the 20 wins, the guaranteed conference winning season, uh, you know, the, the thousandth conference win. Like the, these are all this makes this game a good checkpoint to, to remind our, everyone of that perspective of, of where this program has come. Uh, and none of it matters, though, unless you you start winning in the postseason. Uh, and Illinois has a chance to do that this year, Brett. Uh, I know that I think to win a national title, you need to be a pretty good defensive team. But I don't know if, if that is the, the top of mind goal right now for Illinois. I think you're right. It is just to make that second weekend and to make that sweet 16 and just kind of see from there. With four Big Ten games remaining, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue, and then Iowa once again, Brett. Uh, like I said, Illinois no longer in control of their Big Ten title hopes, but for from your perspective – where do you see this team right now after they're uh, coming off their 11th Big Ten win of the year? Yeah, I think maybe two more wins, you'd feel great. That's going to lock up a yeah, double buy in the Big Ten tournament. You're not going to have to play till Friday. I, I think that's probably where this, this team is going to end up. And I think that's a reasonable expectation. Like that, you know, you take care of business at home against a Minnesota team that is a whole lot better than many people projected them and thought they would be. And credit Ben Johnson for that to to get them back into uh, the middle of the pack. But you should win a game against Minnesota and and Wisconsin team that's really struggled here the last month. And so can you go to Madison and get a win? And then you say, all right, we'll take our chances against Purdue at home. You know, I played them pretty competitive overall, all things considered in that second half in West Lafayette. And so run it back with them and see what you can do and then finish it up at Iowa. And, and maybe – Outside of Minnesota at home, where I feel like they'll be heavy favorites and probably double-digit favorites in that, you're going to have three bangers there where I would expect close games. Yeah. And, you know, what are, what are you – three and one, I think you'd feel unbelievable, right? Like four and oh seems like a dream at this point, but three and one, very, very good. If they If they were to finish two and two, okay. Like I don't think that's terrible to finish out here for where they would be. And, you know, that would get them to what, 13 and seven? Yeah. Like, two I, two I think would. many people, I think if you go two and two, most people, if you would have said at the beginning of the season, they're going to be 13 and seven to finish Big Ten play, you, you would have taken that. Uh, 14 and six there would feel really, really good. And if they were able to win all four here, um, I think you would at least have yourself in a conversa- conversation and maybe Purdue slips up once there. If you do finish out there, you would have beat Purdue. And so, Maybe they lose one more. I don't know that that's going to happen. I would say probably not. But um, I would say two and two. If you if you can go get a win against Minnesota, and let's just say you beat Iowa to finish out, lose to Wisconsin, lose to Purdue. Okay, I don't think that's all bad. Heading to the Big Ten tournament, that's going to get you a double bye. I know that much. For sure, uh, it, it is going to be here right before we know it. I, it's crazy to think about uh, how quickly this season has uh, come along now. Uh, We will talk again, Brett, Wednesday. That is an 8 p.m. game against Minnesota, and uh, that is a nice little stretch to to have off here if if you're Illinois. What is that? Four days before you have to play a game again? Uh, Probably their longest streak before uh, postseason gets started here. 8 p.m., Big Ten Network. That's when Illinois plays Minnesota on Wednesday. Uh, check out Brett's story from the game tonight, the win over Iowa. Again, it was 
85. That's on WCIA and YourAlliniNation.com. We also have Brad Underwood's full post-game press conference up there as well. Included in that, hear from uh, Coleman Hawkins, Niccolo Moretti also uh, up there, and Fred McCaffrey. We got him in on the stream as well uh, for this post-game. He was a little short, Brett, with the media after this one. He didn't seem very happy. Shocker. Fran was uh, not too excited to be there and answer questions uh, after losing by 10. And, uh, you know, we all like Fran, right? Yeah. Or not. No, you you need a you need a Fran guy in the league. I what what did we see today? Was it we we get to like a Fran con three maybe? I don't. Yeah, they didn't have the cameras on him very much. That that would be up for for you to decide. I would say like Fran con one is probably is the highest, right? That's the most mad. I would say we were probably like a Fran con three, okay. maybe a four. I've seen him way more upset than he was today. He was pretty mellow today. Yeah, uh, maybe a three would be the highest. I'd I'd probably settle at like a four or five. All right, there's yeah. your official FranCon rating from Brett. Uh, That's what we're here for. That is exactly what we're here for. We'll be here again on Wednesday. Be sure to uh, check in with us after that game against the Golden Gophers at the State Farm Center. For Brett, I'm Andy. Thanks for joining us on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast, and we will talk to you again after the next one. This has been the Copper Creek Contractors, your Illini Nation, WCIA 3-in-1 podcast.